Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Well, hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger, and I am here to talk with you today about the four types of interpersonal infidelity. I think this is important because a lot of times we look at infidelity as infidelity, which it is, but different. And when you are aware of the different types of infidelity, it helps you have more insight. It also helps someone like me who helps individuals and couples heal from infidelity to know what kind of treatment to use because different types of inf infidelity require different treatment. Now, one thing I've been saying for years and years is that infidelity is a problem. It's a big problem. It's really hurtful. It's traumatic. But it isn't the problem. It is a problem of the committed relationship or marriage, but it's not the problem. It is a symptom for something else. And depending upon the type of interpersonal infidelity, as I will describe in the next bunch of minutes, then we try, we understand what's behind the symptom. And then once again, how to heal from it. I am not going to go into detail on this about treatment, but I will talk about treatment a little bit. But I do want us to understand the four types. So let me get into it. First is sexual infidelity. Sexual infidelity is when a person is being deceitful, breaking the vows, which is infidelity, keep having a secret. For, for the sole purpose of experiencing sexual feelings. So what that might look like is a partner who does one night stands, who goes, uh, who does, finds hookers online or in person, uh, who goes to massage parlors and has happy endings. This is not an exhaustive list, but this is kind of what it looks like because the person is not looking for anything but the sexual feeling. Now, I'm not going into other details about why a person would do that, but if a person is doing it for sexual reasons, let me just say in general terms that this person has learned how to use the sexual feelings as a way to regulate him or herself. Now, emotional regulation is a key, key word that I use in trying to help people understand what's going on and in also treatment. We all need to regulate ourselves both down and up. As a USC professor teaching uh, classes in neurobiology and early childhood development, I always say that parents help regulate children down and up. Down is when they feel stressed and the, the mother or father or whoever Caretaker does something to calm that child down, whether it's to feed that child, burp the child, hold the child close. Okay, And also, if the child is sitting there looking kind of bored or listless, the attuned parent will come up to that child and talk with the child and stimulate the child and laugh with the child, smile with the child. And it stimulates that child and it becomes more alive. And so, even at the 
that as soon as the child gets out of the womb, the parent is regulating the child. As partners, we need to regulate as well. Uh, we need to learn how to regulate down and regulate up, and we need to learn how to regulate each other down and up. Again, for the purposes of this video, I'm talking about uh, a person, how they regulate themselves. Sexual, when a person is committing infidelity for the sexual feeling, which I am calling sexual infidelity, it is because they're using sex to either regulate themselves down or up. They use sex to calm themselves down, to get a release, to put themselves sometimes in a form of trance, to get away from their issues, and they use sex for that, or it's also to un enliven them. It could be either way. Uh, some drugs, for example, are either only down or only up. People use cocaine to regulate up. People use sedatives to regulate down. With sexual infidelity, it could be both, or one or the other. And so, treatment for someone like this is going to be about usually sex, uh, sex addiction therapy, possibly 12-step programs like Sex Addicts Anonymous or Sexaholics Anonymous. Um, definitely trying to understand where that came from, looking for trauma. Sometimes people have been molested and they're acting out. Again, it's a way to regulate themselves down or up, even if it's done in a non-healthy way. Second type of interpersonal uh, infidelity is emotional infidelity. Emotional infidelity is when a person is not having sexual activity of any kind with a, another person outside the committed relationship, but is secretly having close conversations, uh, looking for that person for, for something emotional, to lean on them, to share their problems, even sometimes in the marriage with them, but their partner doesn't have any idea about it. So, it's like a whole separate life in a way, or at least it's, it's, it's quite a, uh, it, it, this is like a, a bubble of a person's life kept away from the committed partner and they're getting something emotional out of it. So, there's really, in this case, there's usually no sexual desire or interest, or if there is some, it's easily managed and it's kept under control and that person, it's not, the, it's not a block to being with this person. They, they enjoy the closeness. There's no sex thing, no sexual text, no sharing of pictures. I would put that under uh, sexual infidelity, not emotional if that's happening. It, it, this person oftentimes feels safe with the other person because there is less risk of loss and basically it's easier to, to, to express. A lot of times, this person who's looking for this emotional connection and committing emotional infidelity is conflict avoidant with their intimate partner, plays it too safe. In these cases, what uh, treatment oftentimes looks like is, and it's always about, of course, treatment is always about breaking, you have to break that uh, contact with the other person. And focus your energies on learning how to regulate yourself, like with sexual infidelity, but also learning how to be regulated by your partner in healthy ways, as well as regulate your partner up and down, and tuning in to that relationship, and learning to take some chances, and not play it so safe that you don't feel like you can be yourself with your committed partner, so you're doing that with the other person partner, just to feel uh, you know, the other person, 
just to feel, like I said, either safe or good enough or whatever. So that's emotional infidelity. The next one is a combination of sexual and emotional infidelity. This is where it usually starts out emotional, but a line is crossed. This is quite difficult, of course, because this person has, feels very close. It's very different than someone who goes to a massage parlor and has a happy ending. There's no closeness there. There's just the sexual connection they've had. But in this case, there's emotional, but also across the line to sexual. In this case, treatment involves everything you do with emotional infidelity as well. It's because it's been primarily emotional that crossed the line. The person, of course, again, has to be willing to stop all contact with the other person if they want to work on their current relationship. Learn how to find a way to get their needs met by the other person from the other person as well as meet that person's needs. So it's very similar to emotional infidelity, but there's also that extra factor of that there's been a sexual encounter as well. So of course it's going to be even more painful. Emotional, all these infidelities are painful enough, but the emotional infidelity combined with the sexual, of course will make it more difficult for the betrayed person. And it might take longer to build the trust, that, build the trust up, but again, it's very similar to emotional infidelity because that's where it starts and we have to do the work of where it started, what, what happened, what led to that problem. The fourth one is what I call affirmation infidelity. Now this oftentimes is acted out sexually because affirmation infidelity oftentimes happens when a person constantly doesn't feel good enough and they are not having the sexual relationship for sex. They're not necessarily having emotional uh, relationship for closeness. They're really doing this for their own sense of adequacy and oftentimes power. What this might look like is the person who is having this secret relationship will hunt and try to get that person. And once they get that person, or the person seems like they're in, or even that other person will say, you know, I love you, then the person who is cheating loses interest because that person is not proven, he or she, but it's usually the he in this case, can have, uh, have this person. That's the way I find in my practice, because usually in this case, uh, men that uh, try to prove themselves in this way. And it's more about power. And when we try to treat that person, that person obviously is having some insecurities. Underneath that, there's a person who feels really powerless or a part of them that feels really powerless. So in those cases, we've got to work with that part that feels powerless to try to help them process the trauma. I have several people on my caseload right now that they fit this, this affirmation infidelity that is usually acted out sexually. But it's, again, it's not for closeness, it's not for sex, it's for power. I, call, I, I could have called it power infidelity, maybe more than affirmation infidelity, because sometimes with emotional infidelity, there is a little tinge of affirmation. What I'm talking about is the affirmation that I am, I am powerful, I am enough, and they use that other person to prove it. And once, that, once they get that person to prove it, 
they just lose interest until they go to the next person. So again, uh, this person has to learn how to feel good enough without that. They need to learn how to receive love and allow themselves to feel enough from their partner. They oftentimes need to uh, look at their own self inner critic and learn how to not be so perfectionistic and to not look at life as a constant proving ground that they're okay. So that is really what I would say are the four types of infidelity. When, uh, when, you, when it looks like one of these characteristics as I've described, just understand that it's not always so black and white. You can even see the way I'm talking, it's not so black and white. But definitely the, uh, the, the different infidelities are important to understand and are important to know for different treatments. So I just wanted to talk about that with you today. And if you are in a relationship or you yourself is having struggles with this, or you know someone that's having struggles with this, please um, contact me at Todd at ToddKrieger.com, T-O-D-D at T-O-D-D-C-R-E-A-G-E-R.com. It's an easy way to do that. And I will explain to you how I can help you. I would love to help you. There are definitely ways to heal from all four of these different types of interpersonal infidelity. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. Thank you for tuning and listening to today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and be sure to visit www.toddkrieger.com for more resources that will help you get the love you want and for back episodes of the show.